Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NABIP Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in NABIP's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your healthcare happy hour. Welcome back to the Healthcare Happy Hour. It's September 1st, which means it's officially fourth quarter, although we probably didn't actually need to tell you that. September 1st also means that we are just a couple of days away from the end of August recess. If you met with your lawmakers over the summer, please log those appointments using our link on nabip.org under advocacy under legislative issues. The link to log appointments is also included in this week's Washington update. With that said, we have plenty to discuss today, most of which is at the regulatory level, between ACA affordability changes and proposed Medicare RICs. To discuss all of this and more on this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour is none other than NABIP's John Green and Michael Andel. So let's begin with the news we received from the IRS earlier this week that the ACA affordability percentage will be decreasing once again for 2024. We haven't spoken about the affordability percentage in quite some time here on the happy hour. So would you mind briefly explaining what the ACA affordability percentage is and then what that number will be for the 2024 plan year? Yeah, Dan, this is Michael. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. The affordability threshold is used to determine if an employer's lowest premium health plan meets the ACA's affordability requirement. So in the upcoming year, it will be 8.39% of an employee's household income. That's down from this year's 9.12% figure. So it's dropping from 9.12 to 8.39. It's annually adjusted and it applies on a plan year basis. So you need to talk to your employers about this. There's a couple of safe harbors you can use, including one of the safe harbors is if no, the lowest cost plan is not higher than $101.93 per month. If an employer's coverage is not affordable under one of the safe harbors and a full-time employee is approved for a premium tax credit for marketplace coverage, the employer may be subject to an employer-shared responsibility payment. So it's important to make sure that they can reach this threshold so they're not going to get dinged over ACA rules on affordability. Yes. Michael, as you mentioned, employers may have to revisit their benefit packages for 2024 because this is the lowest percentage, the lowest ACA affordability percentage since the number was used in 2014. Let's move from the employer-based market over to Medicare. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 that passed last summer included a host of provisions related to Medicare, including the Prescription Payment Plan Program, which is designed to allow seniors to pay for Part D prescription drugs at the pharmacy over a period of time instead of all at once when they pick up 
the drug at the pharmacy. So last week, CMS issued proposed or draft guidance on this program. So can you talk a little bit about this program and how NABIP feels about this guidance? Well, thanks, Dan. And yes, under the Inflation Reduction Act, it requires Plan D plans to offer members the opportunity to pay their drug costs throughout the year in monthly payments instead of up front, uh, which is known as the Medicare Payment Plan Program. We have a number of concerns. I understand exactly why they want to offer this option to seniors. To them, it makes some sense because the drug costs are so high and being able to spread it out throughout the year could make sense you know, for those who are low income and can't afford the upfront cost. However, there are going to be a number of administrative issues related to this opportunity, and not the least of which is what happens if they miss payments, who's responsible, what if they change plans, and um, the plan has already paid those costs. And so we are gathering uh, the Medicare Advisory Group together next week to discuss the regulation and point out whatever other red flags our agents want to tell us about that we can include in our comments. So it's going to be a comment that will say, we understand why you want to do this, but here are some considerations in making this work. There are a number of other issues at play with Part D that are going to cause premiums to increase by um, as much as two and three times uh, what they are now. And so adding another layer uh, that could put Part D insurance carriers at some kind of risk is just going to add uh, to those premium pressures. So in addition to this payment plan program, the Inflation Reduction Act also granted the Secretary of HHS the ability to negotiate prices of certain drugs for Medicare, with new prices beginning in 2026. So CMS also took action on that this week. Is that correct? Yes. So they released uh, the first 10 drugs to be negotiated. And clearly the manufacturers have known this is coming. Many of them knew that they were going to be on this first round hit list, if you will. And, you know, there are a number of lawsuits pending. But I think what is really significant is that now it feels real, right? Once you, we actually know what drugs we're talking about, that it, it becomes real. And the, the biggest concern here isn't drugs that we already have. It's what we don't have. Those drugs that could be down the pipeline or, or begin to have you know, new discoveries are not going to happen. Depending on what side of the fence you're on, you know, there's been suggested that there is evidence that it, that pipeline is already closing, that R&D is shrinking. But that's a different kind of debate. I think that, you know, this does have to make its way through the courts still. But CMS is moving on, as they should, under the law to do their due diligence, you know, say what is coming down the pike. And, of course, all the, the carriers are going to be looking at this and it's nothing's going to be live for a while. It's not happening for next year's bids. It's subsequent years. So this still has a way to go. But again, now it's become a, a reality. And I think that's the biggest thing about it. Now, let's talk Congress. Obviously, there was not much activity over August recess as lawmakers were back in their home districts. But it's officially September. And next week, the Senate will return from recess with the House following them. 
So what can our listeners expect when lawmakers are back here in D.C.? Well, I think that largely nothing has changed, that they are facing a number of budget issues relative to keeping the government running. The Senate is very nervous about both Democrats and Republicans in the Senate are nervous about the House in terms of you know doing what they need to do. The Senate is much more ahead of the House in terms of passing its budgets uh, for the next fiscal year. And when the Senate returns, indications are that Mr. Schumer is going to move uh, some of these bills to the floor and get ahead of, of this. But everyone expects a CR to be necessary to keep the government funded beyond September 30th. But the House Republicans are at odds over funding for Ukraine and a multitude of other issues that they have. And with such a slim uh, majority, uh, they're going to need Democrats to do a CR. And I think that Speaker McCarthy is walking a tightrope and trying to keep his people in line and not alienate those more on the far right. But, you know, moderates in the House are also nervous about that side of their conference. And so it's going to be uh, tricky. And I think that in terms of our issues, this budget issue is real and it's going to suck all the air out of in the room to doing other things until that gets resolved. So I think that we're playing a more long game in terms of the end of the year to get our issues done. I know that the House Ways and Means intends to put forward an HSA package of improvements. And in fact, um, we have a meeting next week with our President Eric Kohlstorff, and I will be meeting with the Ways and Means staff to talk about that package. But in terms of timing and doing anything about uh, some of these things may fall to later in the year because of these budget issues. Michael, I'm sure you are hearing things on your side of the aisle about what's going on as well. I mean, Democrats are cynical about the government shutdown. I think you're right. The speaker has hinted that they don't want the government to shut down and they're going to work through short-term funding agreements. But beyond that, the committees are probably still working, as you said, on HSA issues, on some of the cost and disclosure issues that have been popular for both parties. I think they're going to start negotiating the different plans that each committee's passed. Employer reporting, our Senate bills should be dropping when they return soon. So there's a lot of work that happens underneath these meta issues like the budget. And you have to keep pushing on that because everything wraps up at the end of the year. You want to have all of your little paths, you know, just smoothed out. So the committee staff, leadership says, is there any issue with NABIP's bill? Nope, they've, they've worked with us. We've worked out all the problems. We're good to go. So that's part of the uh, how a bill becomes a law issue that you don't really hear about. It's all the little small steps. You got to make sure that everybody's on board because some things may take a while. And when it moves, it moves fast. That's true. And I want to point out that this is not the end of this Congress at the end of the year. There's still 2024. And so things can spill into next year and still be live. However, it is an election year. And so things tend to s slow down mightily once we get into the primary season 
and uh, conventions and so forth. So I think that our goal is to get as much done as we can uh, by the end of the year and have uh, not as much to chase in 2024. And John, we're only five months until the primaries start. So I don't think people realize how close we're getting to an election year. Having very close majorities, that's just something to watch. It is. And uh, the situation in the Senate with, unfortunately, with Senator Feinstein and Connell is, you know, going to be added issues in terms of uh, having people available to vote and pushing agendas. So both chambers have their challenges for sure. It is now time for the NABIP Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. So who are we toasting to this week? This week, we are toasting to our new CEO, Jessica Brooks-Woods. We welcome her and wish her the best success. And we look forward to Jessica moving the association forward. She'll be a guest on the happy hour very soon. Cheers! Thank you for joining us for NAPIP's Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. For more information on NABIP's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit nabip.org.